this episode of Our Green Revolution, we sit down with Jean-Sebastien, a cocoa expert from Haiti, and speak about what he has been doing to strengthen the social and economic status of his country through his business and his many other talents. This is the vanguard of our green revolution. My name is Jean-Sebastien Duvillère, and I am from Haiti. I am a young agripreneur, and I have a business called Tahome that processes cocoa from my region in Haiti, mostly. So interesting. So you said you're a young agripreneur. So tell us, how old are you? Uh, I'm 30 years old, 32 years old now. Awesome. How did you get into this area? As a young man, I was coming out of school. I always knew I didn't really want to work for people. I liked my freedom. So I was looking for ideas for to make money and be able to sustain a, reg- a normal life. I was looking for ideas for a business. But I was always somebody that was concerned and engaged in the development of my country. So I wanted to do something that wouldn't really exploit the place, but that would rather, you know, benefit the place. So, you know, giving some thought to it, I came up with agriculture was one of these things that could actually contribute to the economy and contribute to people's livelihood in an independent way. So agriculture became an area that attracted my attention. Then I give more thought into it and got finally to cocoa as being a biodiverse crop that would also value trees in general because cocoa needs shade. So all the bigger trees around the cocoa trees would also be valued in a way to fight deforestation in my country. <laughs> Interesting. And, and you know, as we were talking over the past few days at the Caribbean Week of Agriculture, you were telling me that sometimes there could be a misconception about the different areas in Haiti or the different regions because Haiti is so large. And for you, my next question would be, when you look at your journey, your story in becoming a, a young entrepreneur, agripreneur um, in Haiti, do you see many other youth um, coming along that lines of getting into entrepreneurship, looking to start their own businesses? And not only that, but looking to start businesses that would not only benefit themselves, but the country as well? Well, I'm, I'm also a performer. I'm one who travels a lot. And I think it's definitely something I see around the world. I think the new way, which, you know, are not always, it's not always brought to the attention to us Caribbean young people, but the way, the new way is really to have your own business. You know, you have people in the U.S. or in Europe, like Uber or like Airbnb that are proposing ways to have your own business rather than working for somebody. So... I feel like that's the way of the future, you know, entrepreneurship. <laughs> now, as far as it happening in Haiti, I definitely do see the new generation looking for things to do in different areas, the area of tourism a lot in Haiti. Um, some agriculture, but it's not the most common. Any thoughts on why um, it isn't so common anymore? Well, you know, in a lot of places, uh, agriculture is looked at really hard work. And I think a lot of our grandparents, grand-grandparents maybe, who were agriculture people, always 
thought of seeking what they call a better life for their children. So they always imagine their children to be doctors, lawyers, and something else. But um, what I do realize is that one of the and, and, and our leader in Haiti mentioned that in, in, his, in his talking, in his speech, is that one of the main elements of freedom is being able to feed yourself. Because often they say the person with the spoon is the person who leads you, right? <laughs> so if you want to talk about being you know, independent and being able to go your own way, you have to at least be able to feed yourself, you know? And I guess that is more for a country than for, you know, a family. But in Haiti, it's one thing I do see, you know, families that maybe live in the capital, but then that have family in the, in the village that are give, you know, sending them the food. It allows them to save money and to be able to use their money to travel and do other things rather than using that money and spending all that money in food, you know? So that's one thing. Um, but to answer your question, I think there's a miseducation around the subject of agriculture to help the youth really look at agriculture as a path of development and as a path to, you know, of, of, of financial independence even. Mm-hmm. So what would you say um, would be the next steps or what courses of action could be taken to improve the way the youth look at agriculture in Haiti and what role do you see your company playing in this? I think in a lot of countries I travel to, particularly the US or countries in Europe, um, farmers tend to be very successful families. Farming families, and I I will insist on family because that's what I've seen. Farming families seem to be very successful families where there's there's a line of business that re- that remains and you have the idea of father working with children, working with wife, and working with cousin and owning land and, and, and being, you know, the um that element of, of wealth for the family. But um with me, I, I, education is a big, is a big thing. You know, one of the things is actually making agriculture cooler in the eyes of the youth. Like, I'm very fortunate to be a chocolatier and to be in the chocolate industry and the cocoa industry. So a lot of times, I, one of the things my company do, I invite people from my region and we have a days mostly with kids where I teach them how to make their own chocolates and they consume it, they make it to see the cocoa they grew, what it could actually make, you know? Because a lot of times as agri- as agri people, we have the tendency of staying at the stage of planting and not really realizing what that fruit does and how it actually sits on the shelves. But I think one of the things that makes agriculture more interesting is when you actually see your products on the shelves there's this element of pride, of satisfaction, of joy that you get. So being able to share that value of creating an end product from your actual agricultural good is one of the strategies I know my company is very you know, into and, and tries to share as well. And that definitely um, is one of the best examples that, that I've heard thus far where, um, you know, 
you're a lot of times we look at just as you said the crops that are grown in the field but there's so many you know such a wide and vast range of value-added products that could be created from those crops and a lot of times the youth and people in general don't get to see it or get to see the process that goes into you know getting something like that done um so definitely i commend you and your organization for that one being able to engage youth at that level for them to see that that that's really really amazing so you said you're not only a chocolatier, but you said you're a performer as well. Can you give us a bit of a background on that? <laughs> well, that's a tough one. I'm a, I'm a dancer. I'm a dancer choreographer. I'm also a Ungan in my country, a Uga. And what's that? <laughs> a Unga is a spiritual leader, I guess, and a, an, a performer who's responsible of keeping the tradition for the community. So... That's a little bit of my background. And once again, that makes me think of family because family is a very important component of community. And even in agriculture, that idea of family being able to contribute to wealth where some people plant and some people help with taking that plant to drying it and help with taking it from drying it to grinding it and help from grinding it to packaging it all these elements are elements that are that have been part of our traditions as Caribbean people for a very long time, but that we have the tendency of losing with um, a certain different type of education or schooling that makes us forget who we are and makes us forget the qualities of what we have, which that family support is one thing that does bring health. And agriculture is one of those tools that allow for health building through family working together and doing things together. Yeah, I, I definitely, that definitely resonates with me. And I know um, it should resonate with a lot of people as well. Um, the family unit is something that, I mean, to me, even it seems globally has something that's come under attack by certain systems and authorities. Whether, whether we're talking about agriculture or any type of business, the family unit working together and the potential for growth that that could bring to any nation or, or society is definitely one that should, um, in my opinion, should not be underestimated. So, I mean, you touched on some really amazing points in this short conversation that I don't want to keep you much longer because I know you got a flight to catch. So just before you go, just again, tell us um, the name of your company and, and if you want to learn more about your company and what you're doing, how can we get in touch with you? Awesome. I thank you for the opportunity. I thanks also all the people that will be listening to this podcast. My name is Sebastian, but most importantly, the name of my company is Tahomi. The T comes from the Tainos and the rest comes from the Dahomey region that really exported a lot of the slaves to Haiti. But Tahomey, um, T-A-H-O-M-E-Y. If you Google that, you'll find it. You'll find where we are. You'll find our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Tahomi. And um, you'll be able to get more information. Um, and I'll leave my card with you. And for the later podcast, you'll be able to share also my information, my phone number, my email address with everybody. I would love to, you know, have some more people visit us, look into what we do, and also, you know, just... Make sure they also have a, a bag of Tahomi in their kitchen 
which would be the best part. Yes, most definitely. Thank you again, Sebastian. And we're definitely going to keep um, in contact with you when we get our group together and look to come over to Haiti. We're going to give you a shout out and follow up with you and see what you got going on. So thanks again. And it's been an honor and a privilege for you to be on our podcast, man. Thanks again. Thank you for joining us. If you like this episode, remember to share it on your social media or tell a friend about it. Your support allows us to continue to create and share this amazing content with you. On the next episode of Our Green Revolution. This is the societal norms that I have to fight as a female because both my parents are gone. I have to do things for myself, but here's society telling me I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Instead, I should be doing this. That thing, that thing, that thing don't make any sense. And so I confuse people. I don't make sense. Mm-hmm. I don't fit the statistics or the scripts. And I like that. I like that you can come into purpose and come into something that helps society, which I always wanted to do in a way that even blows my own mind. When I went to Nigeria, I went to a conference and one of the speakers said, you were born to solve a problem.